Okay. Brilliant. Well, it's good to be with you, and it's great to see so many of you. I underestimated how many would actually be here, and it is wonderful to see your faces. There's some, maybe on this side, I know you more, and maybe some of you are on my bus, and we have a lot of banter, don't we? We have great crack on our bus, and the talk about a bus, uh, and it's great to see you. We, we love to see each and every one of you in. Okay, so we're going to have a, a short time, we're going to discuss a few things, but before I pray, I'm going to show you something first, okay? I've got, ooh, in this bag here, I have got a box, okay? Look at this here. Oh, does anybody want to know what's inside this? Any, everybody wants to know what's inside it. Well, wouldn't it be wonderful if you knew what was inside it? But you're going to have to wait for it, okay? You're going to have to wait for it. It's going to sit here. And it's going to sit here. And I'm going to give you two assurances. I'm going to give you one, it will be opened when the time I finish. And two, I think you're going to like what's inside. I think, okay? So those are two assurances. Now, a question you might ask is, what if you're just playing a dirty old trick? What if you took a page from the Grinch's book and just say, you know, I'm going to play tricks on people to put a dampener on Christmas, and what's in here is actually something nasty, okay? You know, that's the question. The answer is, you don't know. You don't know. You can't tell the future, but you're going to have to trust me, aren't you? You're going to have to trust me that what's in here is, is good, okay? It's good. Okay, so that's the setup, and I want you to sit and wait in anticipation, okay? But we're going to pray, and then we're going to get started. So let's pray and talk to the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for gathering us here, in out of the cold, in out of the wet, uh, and how it's pouring down and the roads are treacherous, but you brought us in here safely, and we're grateful for that. We're grateful for all these kids that come in on the Sunday school and the Monday and Tuesday night meetings. We pray that you would bless them pray that you would keep them safe. We pray that you would watch over them over Christmas time, a time that can be a time of great joy and also can be a time of great sadness and sorrow. And we pray that you would be with them in both situations, in both feelings. I pray you'd be with these kids as they open their own presents, uh, that they would uh, help see the gift giver and the gift giver being our Lord Jesus Christ and help us to point to that great gift giver and the gift that has been given on Christmas Day. Let us focus our minds and let us learn something new. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Okay, I've got another bag here. Okay, I've just got loads of bags today and I've got one thing inside here. Uh-huh. Okay, look at this here. What is this? Does anybody know? A calendar. It's not just any old calendar, though, is it? What kind of calendar is it? It's a Christmas calendar, or sometimes they call it an ah, ah, Advent calendar. Okay, Advent calendar. Now, this one is quite, it's felt, it's quite nice. But what kind of Advent calendars do you guys get? Have any of you got one? Which kind of ones do you get? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what one? What one do you get at home? One with chocolate? Okay, what kind of chocolate are we talking about? Yeah. 
Just normal chocolate. Any of you get dairy milk? Dairy milk? Maltesers? Maltesers? Any galaxies? Maybe some other fun- funky ones like lint or something? Or maybe it's, I used to have ones that had Lego inside it, and every day you had Lego coming out. That was wonderful. But here's one here, and they have, how many do we have in here? How many? Shout it out. 24. Okay, 24. Advent calendars. All right, are we all listening? So we have Advent calendars. And why do we have Advent calendars? What is their purpose? Is it just to give us 24 pieces of chocolate? Or 24 things inside? What is their purpose? Yeah. To count down the days to Christmas. Count down the days. And I've got four things that Advent calendars kind of do. One, they help us prepare ourselves. They help us prepare ourselves. Christmas is so busy, and there's so much to think about. There's so many carol services to do. There's so many uh, shopping lists. I still haven't got all my presents bought yet, but there's all those presents you have to buy. Maybe your mums and your dads and your guardians, they have turkey to buy, and they have this whole Christmas spread to get. They have rushing about, they have so much to do. Advent calendars help us to put time into perspective. They help us to see, you know, how much time we have left, how much time we have to buy presents, how much time we have to get everything sorted. Okay, that's reason number one. Reason number two, it helps to build the excitement. It helps to build the excitement. It's like, you know, if you ever open the door of one and it has a wee message inside and it says, how many days left to go? How many? Does anybody know how many days there's left to Christmas? 16. Right off the bat, this person's been counting, okay. 16 days. And they help, and they have a wee message and they help to build the excitement, help to keep our minds racing and thinking on Christmas. Reason number three, there's a wee chocolate inside and you eat it, and you, lo- and you love it, and you're like, mmm, love it, wish I could have more of that. Okay? And the purpose of Advent calendar is that you take a wee bit of chocolate, and you think, if that's good, just think about the amount of chocolate I'm going to get when the day comes. Okay? It's a little taster of what is about to come. It's a little taster of what is about to come. Reason number four, there's a certainty that Christmas will come. There's certainly a Christmas will come. We don't hang up our Advent calendars, and we're just like, you know, if Christmas comes, it comes. If it doesn't, sure, what what odds? I'm just going to hang this up anyway. We hang this up with a certainty that Christmas is going to come. We don't just hang it up just like willy-nilly and just think, you know, it might come, it might not, but I'm going to hang it up. We hang it up with a certainty that Christmas is going to come. And we want to think about that now. It's, we think about a countdown to Christmas. Why do we have this count? What's so important about Christmas? I'm sure I don't have to tell you. But let's ask, what's so important? It's okay. Jesus was born. It was an incredible moment. Now, you guys only have to wait 24, 25 days to Christmas. Imagine if you had to wait one or two thousand years. 2,000 years for Christmas. Could you wait that long? No, I certainly couldn't wait that long physically or mentally. I could, would not cope with that. It's a long period of time. But throughout all the Old Testament, we see a people that had to wait that long 
for Christmas. They had to wait that long for the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ, because there's promises throughout the Bible. Does anybody know what a promise is? You can tell me what a promise is. Anybody? Yep. You're keeping it true. You make a promise and you keep it. You make a promise and you keep it. If you say you're going to do something, you better do it, because that's what a promise is. And it's what a promise is. Now, we as humans, we make promises and we break them. We break promises all the time. But we're talking about the creator of the universe here. He's perfect and knows no sin. And when he makes a promise, you bet that he's going to keep it. When he makes a promise, you are sure that he is going to keep it. And today, we are going to focus on our, you know, we've talked about our advent calendars and the build up to Christmas. We're going to talk briefly through the history and show how the Old Testament people waited for Christmas, created for the birth of Jesus. Okay? Now, how many promises are in the Old Testament? Does anybody have a, have a guess? How many are promises of Jesus coming? Does anybody have any guesses? Yes, sir. 102? 102? That's a good guess. What about this say? Yeah? 89. 89. 89. Thousands. <laughs> That's a lot. That's a lot. Okay. Well, we have over 300 promises of Jesus' birth, or, or, or promises of a coming Messiah. A lot of promises throughout all the Old Testament. And we're going to have a look at a few of them. Okay. And first of all, we're bringing to the first and the most important promise that we have in our Bible. Does anybody know where this is? Shout it out. Where is it? And where are they at? The Garden of Eden. They're in the Garden of Eden. This is where we see our first promise, okay? Our first promise. And we know the story about Adam and Eve. And God told them, you can eat of any tree in the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil. You know, any tree except this one. And we all know who came. We all know who came. It was Satan came as a serpent. And he said, are you really, you, do you really have to listen to that? Are you really going to die? You could be like God. He's trying to hold something back from you. Okay. What, what about just eating it? What about eating the apple? Eating the, whatever fruit it was. And here, they disobey God. They choose their own desires, and they break their own freedom, and they choose sin instead of obeying God. And because God is a God of justice, he has to pay. You know, sin has to be paid for. He can't let bad things or bad deeds go away. So he had to punish Adam and Eve, and he said, from this day forward, you will surely die because of our sin. Sin, all the bad things we think, say, and do that displeases God. You know, so they were kicked out of this beautiful paradise. But before that, God made a promise. And I want to read it to you. It's in Genesis chapter 3. And it says this, And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, and it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his head. What does that mean? That sounds, there's a lot of weird imagery there. What, what does that mean? I, I don't understand that. But let's see what I've got here. 
I've got this. This snake comes with me in a lot of meetings, and it gets a beating. <laughs> and I'm wondering, uh, but this is a snake. And the promise says that the, the snake, which is like the serpent, and remember what it says? It says, I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise its heel. It's like this. Like this. Stopping it. It's going to crush the serpent. But before the serpent goes, it bites into the heel. It bites into the heel of the person that destroys it. Okay. Now, what is this pointing to? It's pointing to Jesus. Okay. It's pointing to Jesus, the Messiah, who comes and he's come to destroy the power of Satan. And he's coming to crush his head, which he did on the cross when he died for our sins, destroyed Satan in his power, and he paid a price. It came at the cost of his life. Okay, and that's what that promise is, and that promise was fulfilled. Okay, let's quick, quickly go through them. We've got this man here, Abraham. We all know Abraham? Yeah? Abraham was in the Bible, and he lived 2,000 years before Jesus, a long time, and he lived 2,000 years and God made a promise to him. And this is the promise. It says, And I will make thee a great nation. I will bless thee. I will make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. God said to Abraham, You're going to be the father of a mighty nation. Okay, and through this nation, your children and their children and your great, 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 great grandchildren are all going to bless the earth. Their presence on the earth is going to be bless the earth for one reason, because it's going to be the Messiah coming through that. Now, here's a little problem, okay? A little problem. God is promising him that he is going to be the father of all these nations, but Abraham is in his 70s, and he doesn't have any children. He doesn't have any children. How am I going to be the father of nations if I don't have any children, if I'm in my old age and I'm too old to have children? And then we maybe start to think, how can God keep his promises? Is God really going to keep his promises? Look at me. I'm so old. Look at me. I, I'm too old to have children. I'm too old to be a father of many nations. But God keeps his promises. And God gave Abraham a son gave him a son, and he was going to be the father of many nations. And let's think about God keeps his promises even when we don't think he can. God keeps his promises even though we don't think he can. And he is the father of many nations. Okay. He was not sure of the future, but he trusted God for it. Okay. Now we have a king, and he's a very famous king, and his name begins with D. And who is this king? Who is this king? Very, very famous king, begins with D, and some of you might be called this person, this, this name. Yeah. David, yeah, this is King David. And he also, he was a very important person in the Bible, and he also has a promise to him. And he lived 1,000 years before Jesus, so that's a long, long, long time before Jesus, but he had also a promise. And here's the promise. It says, I will set up thy seed after thee, and I will establish his kingdom, and I will be his father, and he shall be my son. 
Thy throne shall be established forever. Okay. So this person that the people have been waiting for to save them from their sins is going to come from the line of David. Okay. So some David's great, 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 great grandchild is going to be the source of the Messiah. Okay. It's going to come through that line. Now, it also says his kingdom is going to be forever. Now, sometimes we think about, do we have, we have a king today? Who's our king? Say we know. Charles. Yeah, Charles III. You know, and we have kings, and they get the crown on their head, and then they go, come and go, and someone takes their place. And we elect people into parliament, and then they get kicked out of parliament again. We have kings come and kings go. But this king is going to reign forever. And this is the Lord Jesus. When he comes, he will reign forever. And this is what we're promised. And this is a promise that God will keep. Few more, few more. Okay. So we have some prophets as well. Does anybody know what a prophet is? Anybody know what a prophet is? Yes, this man up the back. What was it, sorry? Okay. Let's try someone here. Yeah, listen. Tell the future? Yeah. Somebody who tells the future. More specifically, somebody that speaks for God. Okay? God has a message, and he speaks on God's behalf. And lots of the times, it's somebody who speaks about the future. And here's a photo here of Joseph and who? Mary. Is anybody being Mary in the nativity this year? Yeah? Some people being Mary? Love to see you. Okay. So this is a prophecy about Mary. And let's read it. And it says in Isaiah, and Isaiah, let's read it. It says, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and he shall call his name Emmanuel. Now, there's nobody on earth that will be born like Jesus. It says he will be born of a virgin. It says, you know, he will only be born of Mary and nobody else. Okay? Mary is a very special and important person. And God says only Mary is going to bring forth through the Holy Spirit going to bring forth this child into the world. Very significant. And this happened 750 years into the future. A lot of people think they can predict the future, but the Bible can speak way into the future because it is God's Word. Then we finally have Micah. And Micah, he is another prophet. It's not a prophet people hear about much uh, as well. But we hear in the book of Micah, which is 700 years before Jesus, it says, But thou, Bethlehem, though thou art little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall come forth unto me, that is to be the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been from of old and from everlasting. Very everlasting. You know, sometimes, do any of you listen to watch the weather, weather forecast? And, you know, and they're able to predict, you know, in this region here, there's going to be rain. and this region here, there's going to be snow. Sometimes they're right. And they have a wee percentage that says there's 70% chance of rain, 30% chance of rain. And that it's guidelines. They're rough, rough picture of where it's going to be. The Bible is dead on correct. They were able to predict 700 years before where this child is going to be born, the exact place of where this child is going to be born, and who is going to bring it into the world. The Bible is so wonderful. 
It's so wonderful because it's written over so long, but it all links together with no contradictions. And here we have so many promises and each of the promises, and we're going to list them all, that he will destroy the devil, that he will bless the nations through, the, through Abraham, that he'll be of the family of David, that he'll be born of a virgin, that he will be born in Bethlehem. And all these were fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ who came. Now, before that, though, and remember, we want to think about this here, and we're thinking, and I'm going to give you a clue in what's inside. The name of the thing inside here is very hard to say, okay? It's very hard to say. I, I struggle with it sometimes, and I grew, up, I grew up calling it one thing, and it probably should have been calling it another thing, okay? There's another wee taster there for you. But after this, we hear about a period of 400 years of silence. It's a bit awkward, isn't it? Silence is awkward. Whenever there's silence, you just, you just want somebody to fill the silence because it just makes me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Somebody say something, please. <laughs> but imagine if, you're made, if God has made you all these promises and then for 400 years, he's just silent. And he doesn't say a word. And he doesn't, you know, he was sending prophets to claim this Messiah. And then he just stops speaking. Would you feel a bit agitated? Would you feel a bit nervous about whether it's actually going to come? Would you feel, oh, I'm, I'm maybe going to give up on this idea. It's never going to come. Now, he, he's even stopped, he's given up and talking to us. Why, why would I focus on that? Why would I dedicate my whole life to focusing on this thing that might not even come? I, I'm done with this. Some people might have thought that, but some people were faithful until the end. And though God was silent, we hear the breaking of the silence with a baby's cry, a baby crying in a manger, a baby crying in a stable, and it was the cry of the Lord Jesus, God himself on flesh and dwelling among us. God keeps his promises. God keeps his promises. When he makes one, he keeps it. Okay, and just like I'm going to keep this very soon. You've been waiting a long time, and I, know, <laughs> and I hope it pays off. Okay, let's finish off. You know, those are the grand picture of the Old Testament. Let's finish off with a Bible verse. And I'm going to read it, and it's going to, I want the older ones as well to listen to this as well, because it's very important. It comes from 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verses 7 to 8. And it says this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished my course, I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which, it, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. And not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. That love his appearing. Jesus didn't just come once, but he's going to come again. He's going to come again. He's coming, he's coming into the future. We don't know when. Jesus said nobody knows the day or the hour that Jesus will come. But we know that he is going to come. And in the same way that we hang up, our Advent calendars with a certainty that Christmas is going to come, we can have certainty that Jesus will come again. Why? 
because God kept his promises in the past. And if he kept his promises in the past, he's reliable enough to keep them in the future. He's reliable and trustworthy enough to keep them in the future. And I just want to have three kind of appeals at the very end of this, just for everybody. I want to focus on everybody, adults as well. We're not just speaking to kids. And I think, one, if you're a Christian tonight, and if you're weary, and if you're tired, and if you've been waiting for something to change, and if you've been waiting, you're just like, Lord, come quickly. Take me out of this situation that I'm in. I want to encourage you to keep holding on, to keep holding on. As Paul says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Endure this time of suffering. Endure this time of waiting and this time where patience is needed more than anything else. And I want to turn you to 2 uh, Corinthians 4, verses 16 and 17. It says, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far exceeding and eternal weight of glory. What's ahead of us is far greater than what we have to endure right now. And I encourage you in your suffering and your waiting, in your good times, wait on Christ for that and love his appearing. Love his appearing. Very quickly, number two, don't get distracted by possessions. Don't get distracted by gifts and what we see in this world. Don't get distracted by it. Love his appearing. Love Jesus, okay? Number three, and finally, to the unbeliever who is not loving his appearing, not waiting for Christ, and has turned his eyes onto the gods of this earth, I pray I want you to know what you're rejecting. Make sure you know what you're rejecting before you reject it. Because it's very serious. The implications are massive. If you come to the end in this, when Christ comes again and you're not ready, you need to be ready. And you're going to regret it. We need to put our faith and trust. We need to, all the bad things we've done, all the sins that we want to cling to, we need to lay them at the feet of the Lord Jesus and say, I'm sorry and deny myself and put my faith and trust in the only one that can save me. I want to leave that way. Finally, does anybody want to see what's inside this? Okay. You've waited long enough. And it was, I have to keep my promises. You know, and I also have to... I didn't think there'd be as many people here. So. <laughs> but look at this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a look here. Let's see. Yep. It's, Look at that. Does anybody know what they are? It's not, it's not just any old sweets. It's Moams. Moams. Okay, or Moams as I used to call them. Wonderful. Hopefully you'll get, at least, you'll get one of these uh, in the evening. But yes, I want you to know, God keeps his promises. And he kept his promise. And he will keep his promise. All you have to do is come. Let's pray and finish tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for bringing us here. We thank you for all these kids who listen so well. Pray you would bless them. Pray you would give them lots of good things upstairs and give them traveling mercies. We pray that you'd let them consider the promises of Christ and pray that you have promised that if any man comes unto you that you will no wise cast them out. 
and that you will save them if they come with a heart of humility and a heart that longs to be free of their sin. I pray that you would put their, their hearts in that position tonight and that they would see their sin for what it is, how horrible it is, but see our Savior for how good and merciful he is. Be with us children. Be with the older ones here tonight. Pray that whatever situation you find them in, help them to hold on to the promises of God. Help them to stand firm. And if they don't know you, help them to taste the sweetness of our Lord Jesus. And through that goodness and through that sweetness, Lord, lead them to the cross and lead them home. Be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen.